He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, Whenever you pray, say this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and your friend goes to you at midnight and says to you, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because I have a friend of mine on a journey who has come to me, and I don't have anything to offer him. And then he will answer from inside and say, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I have gone to bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will be filled. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who searches, finds. And, go, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened to him. What father among you, if his son asks for fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil... Know who, how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? So let's talk about prayer. This, uh, this text today seems to focus in on that. and You know, I think pray. can we be honest? Praying is difficult. Who thinks praying is difficult? It's, a, it's, it's, it's challenging. For some reason, for some reason. Now, how many here? How many here know how important prayer is? Right? Oh yes, prayer is important. I think we can all agree on that. Prayer is important. It's vital. It's it's so it's so important, and yet it's so difficult for some reason. I think now there are now don't get me wrong. There are there's those of us who who relish in it and. And enjoy it and seem to have a good grasp on it. I'm not one of those. I find it difficult to sit down and pray. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. Now who needs pressure like that? Pray without ceasing? What kind of nonsense is that? How am I supposed to do that? And you know, so often I think when we start thinking about prayer, it just starts to feel like, once again, here is yet something that has undermined the gospel's good news and just become another law we need to follow right so often uh, the call to prayer is not one that gives us freedom and we don't we don't say to ourselves sweet hour of prayer we go an hour of prayer oh lord help me <laughs> An hour of prayer. It's not a sweet hour of prayer. It's like, oh, who can, who can do that for an hour? You know? And it just becomes, it starts to feel like yet another commandment that we're not going to follow. And becomes a source of shame and guilt. 
When I stand up here and talk about how great prayer is and you go, well, I don't really pray that much, Pastor. And I feel bad about it. And thanks a lot. And then we walk away. That is not what prayer is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a chore that we do to somehow please God. I think somehow we think that prayer is something we're doing for God. I've got to tell you something. There is no prayer you're praying that is, really, that is for God's benefit. In fact, Jesus tells us that today, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But, but praying does not benefit God so much as, as much as, I mean, it pleases God. God's glad to hear from you. It's a lot like my mother, I've got to say. If I only talked to my mother on Christmas and Easter, I would hear about it, and I would hear about it, and quite frankly, everyone else would hear about it. Uh, when I didn't, my mother wants to be heard from, uh, wants to be heard, wants me to call her once in a while, like every day <laughs> would be nice. I think God's the same way, right? And yet prayer at the very heart is, is right at the center of our relationship with God. I dare say we wouldn't have a relationship with God if not for prayer, in prayer, we not only reveal our hearts to God, but God's heart is revealed to us. And it is a mystery. I wish I could explain. Maybe it would help if I could explain prayer. All cultures do it. All religions do it. Most people do it. But I can't explain how it works, and I don't think anyone else can either. If you're like me, I prayed long before I ever actually believed anything. You know, uh, prayer is kind of where faith begins. You start to imagine that maybe there is something out there listening to what you have to say. But then we get to a place somehow when our faith becomes formalized, where prayer becomes this chore. And I don't understand where that happens. But I, I guess I get it, because I, I feel it too. And some, there's part of me that thinks one of two things, uh, several th- maybe several things. One is that the, maybe we don't think God really cares about our mundane little details, right? Or the other thing is we, f- we somehow feel like um, if we, uh, that, that praying is something we have to do and not a joy, not a pleasure. The other thing is, and, and this is a, this is when you got to kind of dig a little deep. Maybe we don't really think anything will happen as a result of our prayer. Sometimes I think we don't really think something will happen when we pray. It's like something we do, but then we kind of go about trying to fix our problems without considering that maybe the prayer has some kind of effect. Now don't get me wrong. I don't think Jesus is a genie, right? That you rub the lamp and Jesus pops out and says, okay, what's your wish? And then we get to say three wishes and we get it. I don't think prayer works that way. This is a, my metaphor for prayer actually kind of comes out of a real experience I had. When I, I used to, when I was 16, I worked at Camp Utaba in summer staff, cleaning the toilets and all of that kind of fun stuff. And there was this one day I had, I had my, I had just gotten paid, and I had my paycheck, and Rick's paycheck. Rick Reese, who was 
uh, the other summer staff guy. For some reason, he wasn't there, and I was going to bring him the, the, his paycheck later on, and I lost my wallet, which isn't unusual. I do that all the time. But this time, I had Rick's paycheck in it and my own, and there was a lot of money involved here. And uh, I looked, I spent all day looking all over, and I got to be pretty frantic Hours into it, hours after searching high and low all over the camp, I find that someone, the, the, the director said, well, why did, did you pray? Did you go pray? I said, okay, I'll go pray. Fine. And so I go to my cabin, and I kneel down, which is unusual, but I was desperate. <laughs> I kneel down in my bunk, at my bunk, and I... I get, I start praying. I explain to God how anxious I am about this, and and you know, could you help me find my wallet? It has Rick's money and my money, and uh, all this. I was worried about it, and help me out here. I really need this help. And I said Amen, and I looked up, and my wallet was on the windowsill right where I put it the night before. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. I don't think God made the wallet, you know, suddenly appear on the windowsill, right? I had put it there. The minute I saw it, I remembered putting it there. And I kind of did one of these. I go, you funny guy, funny guy. It reminded me that Jesus has a sense of humor. But I don't think, I don't think it, poof, you know, all of a sudden the wallet appeared. But this is what happened, is that things happened for me when I was willing to calm down and to go before God with my needs and my concerns and my anxiety. And out of that, things happened. Mostly things happened to me. I don't think things happened to the circumstances. Things happened to me. And this is my metaphor for how prayer works. I think prayer works that way. It is, it is the effect that it has on us. C.S. Lewis, when asked about prayer, said, I do not pray because I think it changes God. I pray because I think it changes me. And so we have this, we have this invitation to pray. And the disciples come to Jesus and rightly ask, I'd never noticed this before until Tommy was just reading, but Jesus had just been praying. And... It must have been impressive because the disciples came to him and said, Teacher, teach us how to pray. You know, Jesus must have done a, I don't know if he was doing something or they could hear what he was saying, but it must have been impressive. Or they also say, teach us to pray like John's disciples learned to pray. They might have had envy, disciple envy, right, of John's disciples who had been taught how to pray. And I imagine that we don't have a record of that but I imagine it was this very impressive prayer tradition that the, the followers of John had. And they said, Jesus, we want to we wanna learn how to do that so that people will be you know, impressed with our prayer life. Teach us to pray. It's a very valid request. And Jesus responds. Now this is weird. Jesus responds with something quite profound and refreshing. First of all, he doesn't respond to them with a question like he usually does, right? Have you noticed this? If you've read the Gospels, have you noticed Jesus never answers the question? 
that's given to him. He's always off on some other tangent. But this one, he says, okay, and he just, he just answers the question. He says, okay, pray like this. And then the prayer he offers is so simple and yet gets to the heart of our human need. It is not lofty or poetic like a psalm. Psalms have certain structures in them and, and there's, parts about, there's parts about psalms that are always... Uh, you know, psalms spend a lot of time kind of gilding the lily, right? You don't get a good psalm going unless you have spent at least three stanzas telling God how great God is, right? That's a good psalm beginning. you got to start off with that. Well, and so there's none of that. There's none of that. It begins by glorifying God, but even in this, it connects back to the world we have to live in. Not waxing poetic about the glories of heaven, but calling on heaven's glory to transform our world and our lives. It acknowledges God's transcendence, our Father which art in heaven. It acknowledges the otherliness of God. You know, hallowed be your name. It acknowledges God's sovereignty. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And yet, it is our Father in heaven. The orientation is always back toward us. Our Father in heaven. The Father who provides what we need. And then, the prayer quickly, almost hastily, moves to the human need and an unseemly insistence on God's intervention in that need. Give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Simple, direct, to the point, almost rude. Give us, forgive us, lead us, direct us. Come on! We have, you know, we've become so accustomed to saying this prayer with such reverence. You know, our Father which art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. You know, it's so, it's so lofty. Or even that song, that beautiful song, right? Our Father which art. We have lost, I think we've lost the real flavor, the audacity and the aggressiveness with which this prayer comes before God. Give us bread! Forgive our sins. Lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. There's, there ought to be exclamation points in there. There's not even a please. It's not even a please. Please forgive us. Please do this. No. Give us bread. Give us bread. We need bread. It's a bold and brazen prayer. Uncomfortably so, I think. Uh, you know how I know it's brazen? You know how I know that this is an uncomfortably bold prayer? I know that because we had to add extra things to it in order to make it feel comfortable, right? The, you notice when we read it today, it doesn't have that part we always say at the end, for thine is the kingdom and the power. That's gilding the lily more, right? It's more like a psalm. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Right? It's, we had to add that because it's such an uncomfortable, demanding prayer. That's how I know it's kind of it's kind of brazen. Yet this, uh, this prayer's boldness acknowledges that we are people in need. It's a prayer 
that comes from our need for God. We are dependent. Thus, give us our daily bread, for we will not eat without it. We are guilty. Thus, forgive us our sins so that we do not have to stay guilty and full of shame. We're lost and vulnerable. Thus, lead us away from temptation, something that's inside of us, and deliver us from evil, something that's outside of us. Help us. Jesus taught us to pray in this way. To boldly go before God with our, with our hopes. And Jesus goes on to say, you know, God knows how to take care of you. You know, even you, this is his analogy, even you, when a child asks you for a fish, you don't give him a snake, right? Or when he asks you for something else, I don't remember what it is, an egg, you don't give him a scorpion. How silly would that be? Even you, it's kind of an insult, even you human, you know, even you evil humans who don't know squat, you even know how to take care of your kids. How much more your Father in heaven knows how to take care of you? And it kind of acknowledges, first of all, Jesus seems to be saying, something happens in prayer, and you've got to trust me on this. It seems like Jesus is saying that. When we can go before God with our need, when we can lay our hearts out before God, something happens. And it's not always the way we expect it, as you all well know. It doesn't always happen that way. But Jesus says, pray like this. Simple, bold, self-centered even. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us. You know, it was never meant to be a liturgy. Yet even by the time it was recorded in the Gospels, it was likely being used that way. We probably have a liturgical version of this prayer that was being said in the churches because it was so powerful. And I think Jesus gives us this prayer to say, one need not make it flowery or poetic. You're not doing it for God's benefit. You're not trying to persuade God You're not trying to please God or fulfill yet another command. Yet this prayer does have direction. It does have substance. Don't just pray because it's what we are supposed to do. Don't just throw a lot of fluff out there because it sounds good. Don't just get it done because it's something to get off the checklist. Rather, we are bid to pray because we are human and God is God and we are in need. Amen? I think once we let go of a lot of pretense, we are freed to God to go before God with honesty and to find the intimacy that is at the heart of of what Paul likely meant when he said, pray without ceasing. And you know, we have great examples of this. I I love the prayers Moses prays because they're so honest. God, 
this is, I'm paraphrasing, but Moses always goes forward with something like, God, I hate your people. I wish you'd just smite them. Right? That's an honest prayer, don't you think? And, and Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah. We need some more Old Testament prayers. Jeremiah, I love Jeremiah. He called God a liar. You have deceived me and I have been deceived. That's how he starts his prayer. But then by the end of that same prayer, Jeremiah is praising God for all of God's mercy and glory and generosity and love. Something something happened to Jeremiah in the context of deep, honest, heartfelt, bold, simple, from the heart prayer. His complaint turn to praise. And so I, I, with Jesus, invite us to pray like this. Why don't we all join in doing the prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer together as we close. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen.